0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of This is Ibrox. My name is Scott Patterson and you're very welcome tonight. Joining us on the, the pod, as usual, we're really pleased to be joined by Tommy McIntyre. Tommy, hello, good evening. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm great, thank you. Evening, gents.
0: And we're joined as well tonight by, by Willie Boyd. Two in a row, so uh, good times for Willie. I'm to
2: <laughs> be back on a, a couple of consecutive like weeks.
0: <laughs> so tonight's edition of this Cybrox is brought to you by our good friends at Triple H Mortgages, the one-stop shop for your mortgage and mortgage insurance requirements. Contact them today or whenever you get the chance to 01453 87179. You can also reach them via email hello at Triple They're available via all the usual places on the internet. Triple H Mortgages.com, and you can also contact them via Facebook Triple H Mortgages. We should say if you're looking to contact them and you mention this is Ibrox, feel free to throw in Scott, Willie, or Tommy's name. They will be happy to offer you a free mortgage review and any protection review as, as you choose to discuss with them. Highly recommend giving these guys a shout. Please do it. So, another week passes, and we started last week's podcast, Tommy, speaking about how. The the fast that was Dubai um, was causing risk of preventing the season from carrying on. Um, today's been another day, and it's it's almost trumped last week, hasn't it?
1: <laughs> it has, and, and you know, please be, be aware. I'm not laughing at COVID or the seriousness of contracting uh, that disease or the pandemic because people have lost their lives, right? But you look across the city, and it is very much carry on COVID. Yeah over there just when you think they cannot be less understanding of the current climate or of people's feelings along comes a press conference or along comes a sound bite. they've tried their hand at ignoring it they've tried their hand at making a full apology and now they've went Do you know what <laughs> throw open the barn doors and just start <laughs> shooting indiscriminately at people walking by I mean I fully expect to see new laying in a bell tower Throwing Celtic scarves at people uh, and calling them out—it's you know we went from succulent lamb to succulent club uh, in a really short space of, short space of time in, in Scottish football. So yeah, back with a back with a bang, and it's actually out with of that highly embarrassing for Scottish football and anybody associated with it. And the fact that we're still not seeing any real movement from the governing body is probably quite telling as well.
0: Willie, I think we've all sort of. I... Seen, heard the, the sound bites, I have to say, I'll never use air commas again. Um, do, th- there's a real, there's a real danger about the, the sort of narrative that I think is, is has come from um, the Celtic manager today.
2: No, absolutely. He's, could potentially be putting people's lives at risk. In my opinion, mean, you know, he's uh, he's kind of playing down the whole uh, track, tra- track and trace okay, uh, yeah. system that they've got uh, to keep people safe and. He's basically
1: telling everybody, go go do what you want, I don't understand it. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's there's people that would follow that advice. If I could just add one thing to that, sorry. uh, Of course, mate. No. It's worth pointing out, this is what happens. I think this is what happens when any organisation, forget it's football club, right, but I'm talking about a football club, are seen to be and allowed to be and helped to be above the the laws of the game and above the governing body if you live with that for so long as you know, I think Celtic have been allowed to do you know and having a compliant um compliant governing body helping them and then you get decisions like you know, go away to Dubai and all that type of stuff right whether they fold protocols fold, fold, fold or not I can't comment on this is Ibrox lawyer is under the desk you're jabbing me in the side of Dubai <laughs> oh, um, but if you've got that for so long, it breeds a sense of entitlement and a sense of arrogance. And dare I, dare I say it, a sense of privilege. Right? Maybe let's not stray into that, that particular area. Right? But you get to that point where you think we're above this, and we'll just run roughshod over it. And then all of a sudden, you go too far, and then you start to get people saying that was wrong. Read the room. Mea culpa. Apologise. And you've got one of two options there. You can say well, we pushed the barrier too far. Barrier on italics, obviously, right? We don't want anybody sharking around about this. But or you say, no, double down. All you are wrong, and we're the only ones that are right. Where do you think Neil Lennon and Celtic pitched their tent?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's another week that passes, and um, Dubai is 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 very much a. Uh, a moment on everyone's lips, I think, just now, and uh, you worry that that could that could carry on. It's a concern for me, certainly. So before we get into the the, the football at the weekend, um, we obviously travelled to to Fir Park on Sunday for a lunchtime kick off. Before we get into that, Stephen Davis made his 300th appearance for the football club at the weekend. Uh, made his debut back in February 2008 in the European tie Panathinaikos. What I'm going to ask you gentlemen to do is named the starting 11 that evening at Ibrox. So as the as the session goes on tonight, as the pod continues, we'll we'll come back to you, and by the time we finish, we will have that starting 11. I have it in front of me, so I know we'll definitely have it, if that helps you guys at all, which oh, I'm no. sure it probably won't. Um, <laughs> Tommy, do you do you, care, do you want to venture a guest just now? I think there's one that's quite obvious. Uh, well,
1: I'll, okay, I'll go and say Stephen Davis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Other than Stephen Davis, there's one that's quite obvious, Thomas.
1: <laughs> you did say obvious. so I'm going to put the answer. Oh, yeah, All right, I'm not a cerebral man. As people <laughs> notice listening, to me, but I will go for uh, Alan McGregor.
0: Spot on. So he was a goalkeeper that night.
1: Yeah, I'd have been more surprised if you to say he was playing in midfield or up front. He was playing up front, <laughs> front. part of a
0: two up top. Um, <laughs> Willie, give us a guess. Kwea. Uh, Queller, centre half, absolutely right. Well played, that man. So what we'll do is we'll come back to you, but we've got two out of the well. We've got three out of the eleven because we already know that Davis was involved at some point. Um, three hundredth appearance, hey, Tommy. What a what a record for for that guy to to carry and continue, and he looks as fit as a fiddle still to this day.
1: Absolutely, you know, three hundred for us played in the Premiership. Um, and also setting set records for, for Northern Ireland for international caps as well. So, you know, legitimately played at the highest level and, you know, you see people who played in the Premiership as well talking about, Stephen Gerrard's done it, right, but if I put Stephen Gerrard to one side for a second because he's a Rangers manager as well. You see people legitimately talking about coming up against, you know, Southampton when Stephen Davis was there and Stephen Davis was the guy they were always looking out for because he was a legitimate player, you know, yeah. a really top-tier player. Um, we're quite lucky to have him the first time, and he's prime. Really lucky to have him right now, and he still is capable of putting in really good performances as we've seen this season, and driving you know, probably some internal conversations in the dressing room as well, because he's been there and done it and won the stuff, Yeah, and that's invaluable. And that's probably one of the biggest keys, or an additional big key to the success of the club right now, that we've got a guy who's been there and done it, and he knows when just to say, listen, calm down, Put the noise away. Yes, we are leading the title race and stuff like that. Yeah, concentrate one game at a time. An absolute bona fide top player and uh, somebody who will yeah, be in the Rangers Hall of Fame and, and be remembered very fondly. I sincerely hope for people like that as well, that he ends up with a league title winner's medal come the end of this season.
0: Indeed. Willie, we regularly speak about um, legends. I need a there. I genuinely did. We we genuinely talk about um, about legends and and how they they achieve that status. I think Stephen Davis, taking into account everything he's done, um, it's certainly something you can use properly um, alongside Stephen Davis. He is a legend of the club.
2: No, absolutely. And I think it's maybe something we'll appreciate once he's he's long gone out the door. Uh, yeah. He must be a good person to learn off of as well for for the young kids coming through at the academy. Um, and he's he's handled himself off the park, I believe, relatively well. Never seems to get into trouble. He's just a development
0: professional, really. And he's. Stephen Gerrard, very quick um, to to always comment when we speak about Davis. He's always very smart to say that. Um, he's very low maintenance. He almost looks after himself. My, I'm a huge fan of Stephen Davis. When he arrived at, at Ibrox back in 2008, I thing that really surprised me about him. He was a really good right midfielder without being a right winger. So he had that excellent ability to to start on the right side of the midfield and he was playing as a right midfielder just ahead of the right back. But without causing too much of a, a problem in an advanced role, he could narrow them in the, the centre of the park and he became such an effective player just advancing from that right-hand side of the centre of the pitch. Great player.
1: Great I, I, player. Absolutely. I, th- I think I have recalled. you guys will tell me if I'm wrong here, but uh, we got him on loan from Fulham and then yeah. we... I remember correctly, and I think probably the, the, certainly in my mind the best thing I can say about that type of player is that you see guys who can dominate a midfield through pace and power. Right? Um, I'm not denigrating anybody. Right? I'm not saying he's not an amazing player, but guys like Yaya Toure and Patrick Vieira had those attributes in built as well. Yeah. Right? I'm not saying they were the top players because they absolutely were. Right? Before anybody jumps on me, but Stephen Davis doesn't necessarily have tons of pace, and he's not got the physique of tons of power. No. The biggest compliment I can give him is consistently being able to dominate midfield using touch, his vision, and the brain. Yeah, And that's the mark of a top, top-tier footballer. He doesn't have to run all over the pitch. He makes other people do that, particularly the opposition. Yeah, And his ability to unlock. And we probably miss this sometimes in the, uh, I do as well, I'm criticising myself, but in the, the rush to get more goals and always going forward particularly in some of the European games where you get hit, hit it up and stuff like that, his ability to bring a calmness to what is still a relatively young you know squad and stuff like that in the back wing, by just putting his foot on the ball, manoeuvring it round about, is absolutely invaluable. And I imagine every night Stephen Gerrard thinks he's lucky stars that he's got a Stephen Davis to be able to do that, do it consistently, and doing it consistently come the money end of the season.
0: Indeed, he'll certainly I'm be someone. Just, who, sorry, on you go, Willie.
2: Oh, sorry, just to put in here, but uh, and as well, when he, he first came back and going, I think a lot of people thought we had already seen the best of him. Uh, he was quite a kind of troubled start, so to speak. It's, uh, he wasn't he really got off to the best of starts. I think he might have been fitness. He was playing reserve football, so it's going to same intensity. But now we're obviously getting the benefits of him.
1: Like well, he tossed, he got tossed in, in that night with Defoe, Kilmarnock away, didn't he?
2: Yeah, he did. Yeah,
1: it wasn't. It was probably a mistake that Stephen Gerrard made. In all honesty, I know Defoe scored that night, but it probably wasn't the right place to drop in guys who had never played or hadn't or hadn't played in a long time, hadn't played on that type of surface for a long time as well. I'd imagine. And in those type of circumstances, I think Stephen Gerrard has probably admitted that was maybe a selection blunder. Yeah, but you know what, you are living well, and thankfully our management team do that.
0: We certainly hope that Steven Davis is, is one of the guys that is right at the front of the queue come May to collect that medal, that winner's medal. We certainly yeah. do. So we, we, we traveled to Fir Park on Sunday afternoon. Obviously, um, the the team closest to us had, had failed to pick up really anything of any note on the Saturday afternoon. Uh, and we, we went to Motherwell. I, I think we went there reasonably confident. They've not long changed their manager. There's always a risk that you get a, a kick from said manager change, I thought Motherwell didn't really offer a, a, a huge degree of of threat to us in the first half. We were really poor in the first half in the same breath and they scored a really good team goal. I felt uh, Devante Cole scored an excellent goal for Motherwell at the weekend, Tommy. The one thing that struck me about it was um, the the sudden change in positioning from from Liam Balligan. He looked like he was holding a relatively good position and then just as Tony Watt goes to cross the ball, just takes a step out and leaves Cole behind them.
1: It does, there's a lot to unpack there. And i I'd probably say I, I'm of a slightly different opinion. Certainly in those first 15, 20 minutes, I thought Motherwell were quite dangerous and opened us up a couple of times down the flanks and stuff. So yep. that. Maybe didn't carve out clear cut chances, maybe to your point. But I thought they looked dangerous. Is that way you, you get an initial feeling from a game sometimes. I was like, this isn't going to be the stroll that I hoped. You yep, know what I mean? I, I absolutely. one or two up at that point in time. Against these teams, I'm always looking to get the first goal, you know what I mean, to make them come out. Um, of course. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Devante Cole, who I thought had a really good game. Yeah. Um, you know, even in the second half, when Motherwell were absolutely blocked by us, so to speak, I thought he still, you know, lots of good running, good positions and all that. He actually had a, kind of a wee a chance the second half where he could have tried a lob and it didn't quite work out for him. But, yeah, really good performance, really good goal. I think another Motherwell player was right behind him.
0: Uh, right? I yeah, I think you're right, absolutely, yeah.
1: So if he doesn't tap it away, it's, um, it's getting in it anyway. And I think yeah. that's Joe Rebo in front of his Balogun. Actually, and I'm not having a go at Leon Balogun here because we discussed him the other week um, when we were talking about Haerlander, Balogun, Goldson. And they're all good defenders. But when I was talking, when I actually was referencing the fact that sometimes I think Balogun switches off his positioning. Yeah. That's exactly what I was talking about because he did the exact same thing in the cup defeat against St. Mary. Yeah. When he, he just seems to... Either get drawn at the ball or think that he knows what the striker's about to do or yeah. the passing ball's going to do, and he moves his position. It's just unlucky a little bit as well. But yeah, it's a really good ball. As much as I hate to say it, from Tony Watt, he does. He puts it right in, right in the the stretch area. So to speak and, yeah. and it's in. And then after that, I I mean I thought Rangers were and Stephen Gerald said this really ropey in that first half. The worrying thing was seemed to be that maybe given what had happened to our nearest rivals. Um, our nearest rivals who are chasing us and um, it's probably a better way to say that. I quite like that, I might stick with that. Um, <laughs> right, because we always welcome that type of stuff but uh, maybe they just turned up with a little bit of complacency.
0: Yeah.
1: You know when Stephen Gerrard's not to wax too lyrical I think mentioned that as well but Motherware, uh, sorry, Aberdeen, in-game complacency when you go up two goals and a man and then starting the game with complacency. We are not that good to be able to do that, we need to work hard, and when we work hard and we let talent shine through, then we we can absolutely battle teams.
0: Well, I think Tommy's absolutely right. Stephen Gerrard was was um, was quite open and honest. I felt after the game when he when he said that um, last week at Petardry, he felt we we really played well for sixty minutes and then switched off. Stopped, if you like, um, and then at the weekend, they felt we never really started until minute 46. I don't think there's any doubt when they went in at half time, they got a bit of a good old fashioned roasting.
2: Absolutely, I agree, yeah, because it seemed to come out and dominate the ball a bit, a bit better, but you know, we still lacked in the you know, try to create that chance, get a bit of magic, we still kind of lacked that a wee bit. We yeah. got the balls in the box a few times, but wasn't it really too much of a, a note to be honest? Maybe. Was it, uh, I think maybe in the first half, second half? Morella, she said. Yeah. First half. First half, yeah, Uh, absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, we we didn't really like it too much. Obviously, the the first time we we got the ball in the box, like, you know, we had delivery. I felt we struggled to beat the first uh, centre back most of the times when we were crossing. Um, To be honest, I thought they dealt with it really easily as well. Um, I thought they played, you know, well, got a little bit of credit there, I suppose. But, um, yeah, obviously. Barisic's ball in the box uh, for Fyten, who I was uh, kind of waxing lyrical about the, the previous week against Mallow. Yeah, he scored four goals and, and everyone
0: came against There's <laughs> Some hatred he's got <laughs> <that it's, laughs> the there. I'm glad you mentioned the um, the cross by by Barisic. I think this season, Tommy, there's been a, a huge focus on on Tav. Down to the, the fact that he's chipping in with, with goals left, right, and centre, maybe been a little quiet of late by his own admission. However, um, the the delivery from, from Borna Barasec is exactly what you love to see, is it not? It
1: is. It is. Probably two things just quickly before that, because um, I do love a pun. Obviously, every time we come up against Motherwell, Cedric is saying they are getting it. <laughs> Yeah, right, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, I apologise for that one as well, actually. But more, more importantly, to me on a, a personal note, is to hear William Boyd say not to wax lyrical is, is the highlight of my. Uh, that's the highlight of my. Podcast. <laughs> I'm delighted that that phrase is stuck in the mind. I might just die actually. But um, yeah, so but you no, know, you're absolutely right, and we have been very blessed this season that uh, you know widening out your question somewhat in that or starting with an arrow and then winding it out. But we've had James Tavernier just having the game of his life, sorry, season of his life, right? Setting the header, you know, not just on fire, but, you know, Agent Orange. Yep. Scott's course, policy. So that's how that's how amazing it's been. Borna's been actually equally as good, but just in a slightly lower key level. Yeah. Right? But he's, you know, personally, if it came down to, it, I think the best delivery actually comes from Borna. I think he's a bit across on the ball and tough. Yeah. But Tab's got a better motor and gets any better positions in the final third. Um, certainly better goal scoring positions. That's not really one of Barasu's job, but I think Baris will be a of the ball, right? Um, comments in the comment section and all that. But we've been blessed that both of them have stepped up, as has all of our scored at different points in time. Uh Cedric Anton come off the bench unlocking a defence. I totally agree with William. Um and I was a wee bit frustrated. I thought Cedric Anton might have started that game, and the way the game panned out, it didn't suit. So, Morelos or anything no. like that. As soon as it came on, we kept, we didn't do anything different. I know it was a slightly deeper cross from, from Borna, but we weren't doing anything different. We still crossed it in the box, but it was there to take one immediately, good form, header down into the ground, keeper, no chance. Yeah. The only thing that was slightly frustrating for me when I talk about, just to wrap that up, where every player stepping up, and it's not a criticism because he's done his it, great turn, is I thought that last minute, moment from Jermaine Defoe with rattling the back of the net. I really did. I just expected it, as everybody does because it's Jermaine Defoe and he's you know, just the goal machine, you know. But I just thought, oh, and I think it did take me deflection away really, so it takes it into the people's arms, but yeah, to go back to your point, because I'm going a little bit longer there, but yeah, we've been very, very blessed that both of them have stepped up, and Tavernier has been a wee bit quieter, but that's still, you know, light years ahead of any other fullback in the, in the league. And Bonners, it's a gold standard kind of delivery but that's his norm, that's yeah. the thing, Terrible.
0: I'm glad you brought up the, um, the Jermaine Defoe uh, chance right at the death, we spoke last week about how um, Morello showed that wonderful glimpse of skill to to put us one up at Patojo with letting the ball run across him and then fired it back in the direction it came, the touch from Jermaine Defoe to take it out this the sky and just create a little bit of space for him was absolutely incredible and it's another glimpse William of just how good we are to have a professional like Jermaine Defoe at the club I mean think of a guy take the young lad Mboudi for example who's watching that the things that he must be learning from Jermaine Defoe just now at the training center must be incredible yeah absolutely
2: um, and you know probably and Marellas are learning from him as well yeah, even indeed. though they're, they're further ahead in their careers but yes yeah, Sister Blane, jerk touch, and you know, I I was the same as Tommy. I thought it was him, you know, you're just used to the ball uh, hitting the back of the net when they're frozen, that sort of position. But, I mean, maybe that's a a bit of sharpness. He's not played in what was it five five or six games? Yeah. So maybe just that wee bit of sharpness went away where he could have found the top corner or whatever. But, you know, it's a hopefully be a good point, that's for sure.
0: Tommy, it didn't quite happen for. Haji Kent and, and Aribo, I want to focus on the on the latter in particularly first if you can. Um, I felt he played really well at Aberdeen um, and then just couldn't get into that gallop, if you like, um, in Motherwell on Sunday.
1: I agree. I agree on all of that. Played really well at Motherwell, uh, switched off for the goal as well, Mike. Uh, and that's not to say that's a witch front against Joe Aribo, but you know, he, he did switch off for it. And then, yeah, I mean, a front... Middle to front, certainly in the first half at Motherwell, we we let ourselves down. You know, I think Steve Gerrard spoke about this as well. So we were just really passive. We played everything by and large in front of uh, Motherwell, and it wasn't until the second half that lot of people played a bit better in the second half. But the whole of the team still played a little bit within themselves. We could have won it quite clearly. I'm thinking some of the chances. You know. Um, Tab's header that goes across the six yard line and nobody's there to tap it away. Yeah. Uh, Arevo's chance in the box where he absolutely skies it and you're thinking can't think of a better player who's got a cultured book who's just going to sweep absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, you know worst case scenario come off a defender I don't expect that they're going to Rose Ed and hit a stuels, you know what I mean or a pigeon. Um, <laughs> they might do the same things when it comes to motherland. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, and there was also yeah, you know, to chance, we spoke about it's goal and stuff like that. We did pressure them um, in the second half. We could have won it. Well, it might have been a bit unfair from Mother well, actually on the first half showing, to be brutally honest, right? Um, I would have taken it, though. Let's <laughs> be brutally honest. But, yeah, I thought he was, I thought, yeah, it, it just didn't work for me. Uh, certainly in that first half, he wasn't getting in the right positions. He didn't seem to be able to be able to go through the gears, as you, maybe you're alluding to there, is that, you know, he's yeah. got a really good way of, opening the space and it wasn't until the second half we saw him coming slightly to the right hand side and he was dropping that shoulder and doing the you know doing what he does best which is working as we enter the box and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, I we just started really sluggish and it, I would say it took us the best part of fifty five minutes to get really going.
0: Willie we, we held after the game
1: that um I'm just gonna say at least William got what I was doing there.
0: <laughs> it
2: nearly went over my head, to be fair. and
0: just clicked eventually, but never. So we we heard after the game how um, Motherwell were, were actually good enough to to contact the club on the run up to the game to say the ground the the pitch was was a bit of a mess, um, which was right. Uh, I just wonder how that affected the performance of guys like Kent and Hadji. They didn't have maybe a, a nice. Rolling green to to knock the ball around on and really have the opportunity to to play, that they, play the way that they, they like to play. I, I think the condition affected just how how much they could do in the ninety minutes. No, absolutely. It's uh, it's always a difficult
2: one, especially when you're watching it. it. Doesn't look very good in the eye. I think I missed a couple of bubbles. I didn't know that mother was in contact. You know, that was used to me there. Yeah. Scott. But, uh, I, it, it was a bit of a mess, but you know I'd, I'd prefer to. Playing grass and watch my team play on grass and, and take all these bobbles and stuff rather than that. Just kind
1: of slow astroturfing, horrific astro tough day, to be honest. Up and down the country, um, groundsmen that are out with pitchforks and JCBs trying to cut up their turf. Um, <laughs> down at Comarnock they're out we are, I don't know, <laughs> whatever it is you use to bend plastic.
2: <laughs> Setting files.
1: Set files. I think that's maybe just Easter Road but uh, this, it's, <laughs>
0: um, yeah, there we go. Move on from that. So, Tommy, I want to, I want to um, stick with you on on where we are currently. Eleven thirty on Sunday morning, we're twenty one points clear, and we're in exactly the same position um, after the game. If someone had said to me mid November that we would be sort of seventy five percent of the way through January, still unbeaten. And twenty-one points ahead of our nearest rivals, um, you would have bitten the hand off at that point, would you not?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, at the, at the elbow.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'd have been. you'd have been said, you know. Even I would challenge any Rangers fan, even in the heart of hearts, if they'd have been told that story, they'd have went, uh, I don't think we Come on. Be, <laughs> you know. You know We're we'll building a good team and all that kind of stuff, but it won't be twenty-one points, even with a Famous three games in hand and all that type of stuff, and only have conceded what is it, seven goals? Yep, three of which have I think been, I've been against that. Motherwell. <laughs> although one was an OG, maybe. Uh, I think, doesn't count uh, <laughs> uh, well, George Edmondson's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah, 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 he doesn't, he doesn't count, but uh, yeah, it just you know, and I think in the games that we've conceded, they've ended up turning into drawers by and large, apart from the Aberdeen game. Can't think of it, it's going be two Easter Road draw, yep. Motherwell, and well, actually, we beat Motherwell Ibrox as well, obviously. I was conflating the the nil-nil with Livingston there. But, uh, because I just, with teams like Livingston, I just think we give them a goal a start. Um, But uh, that's just a conceptual thing. But, you know, nobody would have believed that narrative. I don't think Scotland can believe that narrative, to be honest. And there's some people really struggling with that. And and we'll see some really bad behaviours between now and the end of the season, I think, if that continues. I have to, you know, say some of the outpouring of angst from even Rangers fans after a one each draw that keeps you twenty one points. I mean another game closer to the end of the season, which our rivals have cycled through as well, and we've lost no ground. We've maintained twenty one points. I mean if, if that happens, if we if we just mirror Celtic's results from now to the end of the season, we win the title. Yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah, I mean it's a wee bit of angst that wasn't required, and that we haven't stretched the league even further. Yeah, it's another unbeaten game, it's another point, we've lost no ground, and therefore it's a good news story. So let's all just keep the head a little bit, the way other points dropped I imagine between now and the end of the season, we might even, God forbid, get beaten by somebody. But it's not about that, it's not about individual games, although we're taking them individually and the management team are reinforcing that to the players and therefore to the fans. Individual games, yes, one at a time, but it's not about that in and of itself. It's where we end up in the numbers come the end of the season. And I will take any defeats, I will take any draws, I'll take any bad performances. If come the end of the season, somebody says to, to me, what are you doing for the title party? absolutely anyway, absolutely.
0: Willie, like, tommy's absolutely right some of the things that you you were were seeing on on social media after the game um it was like we'd went to fur park and been cuffed i thought in many respects there was a real there was a mood change and i i don't know if that's be- because almost ironically we've became so used to maybe winning so far and winning is comfortable as what we've done i think a lot of people are forgetting that over christmas and new year for all we were winning it wasn't particularly pretty. We were we, we grinded out a few results there. Um, however, there was an outpouring of disappointment. I think it's safe to say, Willie, after the game on, on Sunday afternoon.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I've seen a, a few of the comments myself. But um, you know, as you said, there were a lot of similarities to the performances for the start of December. There really was. Um, but we've, we've, we've got through it all. Do you know what I mean? We're still beating, so a lot to be positive. Bit of positives out there. Um, Absolutely, we need you need kind of keep it going, as Tommy said, mirror Celtic's
1: results and everything will be fine. Sorry, my apologies. I didn't mean to, to interrupt you there, William, but I was just going to say, you know, if you play that out in an extended version, right, if somebody was to have said, you will go to Potaudry, you'll go to Firth Park and Celtic will come to Ibrooks. and you'll end up with seven points. Yeah, I, don't yeah. think I, I don't think, with, with any permutation, I don't think, Right, but you'll end up with seven points. I don't think there's many Rangers fans, including those ones who are maybe reacting on social media. And I get that, but you know we're all desperate. I do get it, right? But I don't think anybody would have knocked that back. Seven points from those that wee mini block of fixtures. Yeah. When you went away, you don't need to play. I don't think we need to play Motherwell again, or maybe once more they have to come to Ibrox. Well, no, that's done. I think, and we don't need to play Aberdeen again.
0: Uh. Maybe I if well, they're in the top half. If they finish top six.
1: Yeah, I mean outwith of... Yeah, out uh, of sorry, the,
0: yeah you're uh, absolutely top. right in that case, yeah.
1: Outwith of the ludicrous Scottish split, right? Um, Still
0: against to, to the top six.
1: Well, well, exactly, you know what I mean? We <laughs> just need to maintain our position in there. Uh, it's just, uh, <laughs> you know, nobody would, have, nobody would have knocked that back. Sim- simple as that. And like I said, there's going to be other, tr- you know, I think, you know, Scott and William, your, your points are absolutely spot on there in terms of the performances We've not, have not been great. The difference is we are getting over the line. And by and large, we wasted 45 minutes and managed to salvage a point and could have won it at the end, right? But managed to salvage a point which, in the wider story, as a line in itself in the storybook, isn't sexy. but In the wider story says you lost no ground and you're a step closer to the end of the fixture list. That's it. That's all we need to do. It's in our hands, and we've lost no ground. Do not be concerned with that. Be concerned with probably the more component parts, which is the players have had a bit of a kick up the backside because they went to for a park and wasted 45 minutes. Absolutely.
2: Tommy, sorry, Scott. It's okay, buddy. I, you said it as well, Scott and Tommy, after the, the draw against uh, Livingston, you know, there were probably even more reaction then because it was slightly tighter. Absolutely. the guys have said, you know, at the end of May, who's going to remember the kind of results? Maybe we'll, we'll be too busy with champagne and whatnot. Absolutely. <laughs> hopefully.
0: hopefully. Mm-hmm. And I think I think Stephen Gerrard was actually quite quick. To, you've alluded to it yourself, um, tonight, Tommy, that um, Stephen Gerrard, I think, stopped short of saying he doesn't expect us to go unbeaten this season. He doesn't expect us to to sort of win or draw what's left. He he maybe, I'm sure he doesn't expect us to get beat, but I don't think he'd be particularly surprised if we if we do have a slip-up between now and whenever we call the season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, take one immediately off the shelf, right? And, you know, as much as it pains me to say it, and I can laugh about it because we've got the result, but the game at Ibrox, Celtic were better than us and could legitimately say, oh, we could have won that. They might have another performance like that, maybe at Parkhead or, or whatever, right? They, they could... They could maybe get a draw or they could potentially beat us, anybody in the league could potentially beat us with a bad night in the cup, for example, and St. Mirren beat us, right? Yeah. And when something was on the line, something really tangible. So our players need to be really careful that they don't switch off and they don't buy into the bigger narrative which is being pushed onto them, which is, we're playing really well and we're grinding out stuff so it'll happen for us. No, we still need to make it happen yeah. and then just get over one hurdle at a time. And if you just do that before you know it, the math, or the maths, as I like to say, obviously, the maths is coming beside you and went, handshake, now I agree with you, you win the title. And once that happens, nothing can change it. And I, I don't particularly care if we get the numbers on the board early and then that's it, you've won the title, and then we get beat for five or six games running yeah. into the game. I couldn't give a monkey's. Yeah. You know, play. Play. The, the stewards and proxy Bear and goal, you know what I mean, for all I care, as long as I know that the title's coming back to where it belongs to be, which is Ibrox, right? And it knows that it's got a nice wee soft place in the trophy room, and it's back amongst friends and the other trophies, and it knows it can pop into the blue room anytime it wants, because that's where it belongs to be. So that's it, let's do it all. The, the only thing I'd add to that is, I think some of the social media stuff was driven, and some of maybe that angst was, our nearest rivals were in a really bad place and they dropped another load of points and I think people just thought that was it that was it we just needed three points and that was a title yeah and then when it didn't happen it was a oh you couldn't deliver for us this team have delivered enough they just need to keep delivering in line with what our rivals are doing and we will win the title let's keep that at the forefront of our minds
0: so we started the podcast um, this week about um, Stephen Davis and how he had made his, his 300th appearance at, at Firth Park at the weekend. And I've, I've asked the guys to to name the starting 11 that night at Ibrox when we played Panath and Icos in February 2008. Now so far, um, I think Tommy suggested that Stephen Davis started that night, which was a wonderful um, part of volunteering on his part. He also then said Alan McGregor, which was right. Um, Willie Boyd suggested Carlos Cuella, which was right. Thomas, do you want to give me two more?
1: Well, Yeah, I think I can actually give you two more as well. Uh, I've been trying really hard. Yet, so I'm going to keep with the um, the Spanish connection of Nacho Novo, who I'm certain did start. Played up front on his own? Aye, uh, I, I think so. Came off the bench in Greece, but started at Ibrox, if I recall correctly.
0: Indeed, so, give us one more.
1: And here, I watched this for a shameless plug as well. Because I interviewed him and we discussed it,
0: <laughs> David Weir. I'll be honest with you, I thought if he doesn't get David Weir, there's going to be something seriously wrong with this game. Yeah,
1: there we go.
0: David Weir and Carlos Queller were the, the, the centre-half pairing that night. You're absolutely right. They they certainly were. Um, Willie, give me two.
2: Well, you gave us a wee bit of a clue, I think. Uh, when you were Unintentionally. David's... Uh, who used to play on the right side quite a lot, so I'm assuming he played there that night. He did, and yes. To, I'll, I'll go for the midfield then, but it's probably going to be horribly wrong after this. We we
0: McCulloch? Lee McCulloch was in the midfield, he absolutely was. He Give me was. one more. Thompson? No. I
1: knew and I <laughs> Can I chuck in one... Then to see if I can answer Williams, or do we need to leave it to?
0: to later? No, I'm. I'm. Listen, what I'll do is just because it's you, Tommy, and I like you, um, I'll let you Williams have. we line
1: lying on camera <laughs> now. <laughs> I'll
0: I'll let you see one more, and then I'll tell you the formation was, and then we come back to it because I think when I give away the formation, one player will become really quite obvious. So you you go away your last guess.
1: Well, and it it was Williams, maybe just put it in my mind there that given Davis was on the right. I have a feeling, I think I know who was in the middle, but that frees up the left, which means I'm going to go for Charlie Adam.
0: Spot on. Charlie Adam. Adam. So what we've got so far, um, McGregor was in goals, right back to be confirmed, David Weir and Carlos Queller, centre half pairing, left back to be confirmed, one defensive midfielder to be confirmed, Stephen Davis right mid. A centre midfielder to be confirmed, who I thought we would have got straight away. If I was being perfectly honest with you, um, he played alongside Lee McCullough and Adam was playing left side, and Nacho Novo played through the middle on his own. So, one, two, three, four to get, and we will we'll come back to that, so you can think about it. I love doing this because I've got it in front of me.
1: i uh, look lucky. <laughs> I'm definitely struggling for at least one of these, and I think I've got one. That, like I said earlier, it's either a great shout or it's a. Right, Tommy, it's time we close the laptop and go home. <laughs> <laughs> Willie,
0: so I want to come to you now about the importance of, of Rangers not having uh, midweek games to, to to have sort of focused on the last couple of weeks. I spoke to um, a former Rangers captain last week and I, I asked him how important he thought it was for Rangers to be just basically playing this Saturday Monday to Friday at the training centre and playing again the following weekend without a game in the middle, it gives the coaching staff and Stephen Gerrard the the option and the opportunity to to work in tactics and gives him the chance to to work with the players absolutely full-time without having to worry about rest time, etc, for a, a Europa League team game or perhaps a, a midweek league game. I wonder how, how important you think that's been for the team recently? No, I think it,
2: it definitely is important, you know, whether it's an extra day's rest, an extra day's doing, you know, the drills, yeah, it should be beneficial for the team. I mean, I think it was in December. Was that? I can't. I, I've no got it the heart, so I need to admit it. But I think it was like eleven games in about thirty-seven days. Yeah, to something yeah. like that through December. So obviously, that's going to take us like toll, and and now hopefully we've had that. Was it the past two weeks? I think we've not had the midweek game. I think this is our last week. Yeah, full week to the run into the next game. So, I think uh, you know hopefully we'll start seeing benefits and in the performances. You know eventually. Getting up to, to what we all want to see and make things a
0: little bit easier for the hearts. Tommy Barry Ferguson was really quick to um, to comment about how important it was for Rangers to be involved in European football, um, but I think he was very aware of the not being a game in that sort of window between weekend to weekend and the importance of just allowing the team to just continue to to churn out game after game in the league at what is a critical part of the season.
1: Uh, absolutely, and I think Stephen Gerrard kind of mention some of that as well in terms of you know we've had a by, by all accounts the players go through a really really tough preseason and then it's all about maintaining that loading all the way through and, and getting to what is essentially is you know it's not a winter shutdown but the game's slacking off yeah and so therefore as you, as you and William were alluding to being able to do slightly more than just rest and recover, rest and recover, rest and recover, which is essentially what Dissemble's all about. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just win, recover, win, right? Now there's a bit of but you can change some of the, the training during the week, maybe have a couple of days off sometimes, which these players by and large deserve, and then come back to it. Looking on the horizon, you know, from a forward, as we cycle towards the uh, the upcoming Royal Antwerp games, my main concern there is about travelling in a pandemic situation. Even though it's a short haul flight and it's probably one of the better draws we could have gotten, both from a football and the logistics perspective, yeah. Given that that's fraught with danger, and like I said, my overriding concern is nothing happening to the team bubble and anybody having to self isolate that isn't self inflicted. Yeah. But yeah, the the the. The slowdown, shall we say, or the slacking off in the pitchers for the players to rest and recover is absolutely key. Um, you know, both well, all three of us have referenced since we came back in December. There's been a, not a tailing off in performances, but we've not been as dynamic as we were at the start of the season. Some of that's to do with teams setting up in a particular way against us now as well and understanding some of the ways that we play. Um, and some of the individual players inside that system, you know, what they're going to do, and some of our players not being in top top form, guys like Ryan Kent and stuff like that. But some of that must also be to do with physical and mental tiredness. Yeah. The, the only one problem I would say within the to, to bookend that campstone or whatever within all that because it's really important and it's really you know formative to be able to progress your lead challenge and stuff like that is. With the downtime, and not doing that rest recover, play, play you know, straight away, not having a chance to think, the players get, one, more of an ability to make a mistake when it comes to the pandemic protocols. Yep. So we can that. And sure. two, more of a chance to read and interpret things that fans and the media are saying about a title challenge and maybe get ahead of themselves. I'm certain, in fact, I know that the club are very keen on those two issues. And they're on top of the protocols and reinforcing them almost daily. And they're also very, very keen to make sure that players don't get switched on to, well, this title's in the bag. Uh, So those are the two main additional things that I'd probably think about in terms of the downtime. But it is a requirement. The players need it. So, Willie, we're
0: we're back at um, Ibrox this weekend and we welcome John Hughes um, back to Ibrox. He brings his, his Ross County side um, to to try and put a, a spanner in the works. I wonder if there is an opportunity for Ryan Jack to be involved at some point this weekend.
2: Yeah, I think um, Gerald mentioned that as well. I think you know he's back in training this week, so we probably will see him. I think as we've kind of touched on in the previous game, I think Erebus found it quite tough in the midfield recently. So I think we could see maybe Jack coming in there and showing up the defence and hopefully we stop giving these silly goals away that we seem to be okay. kind of creating a wee bit of habit with. Uh, so hopefully, you know, we find him in there. But um just talking about that game, you know, I, I think we're going to see a Ross County side full of fire. Um, yeah. I mean, I think John Hughes seems like the type of guy that, that could lift a lot of morale anywhere he goes, to be honest with you. Um and I think most of these sides play relatively good football. So I mean, I don't think we're going to see a team fully defend, maybe like Mallow did. No, so I think we'll
0: maybe see a team coming and trying. And play. Thank you. Thank you. Tommy, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of John Hughes. I I love his, um, his his passion that he has for the game. I love the way that he speaks about the game. I love his his honesty about the game and his players. Um, there's there's some very funny interviews from his time at Wraith Rovers. If you haven't seen them, I recommend you jump onto YouTube or wherever you look at your interviews and go and have a look. Um, he is he is comedy gold. He, he genuinely is, but there's no doubt that he is, he'll be a serious contender. He'll set up his team to cause us um, problems I, I, as much as they possibly can at the weekend.
1: Uh, definitely. You know, putting his, um, putting his club affiliations to, to, to one side. Yeah, uh, I, I kind a like, like John Hughes as well. It was a good interview, actually, I think after the the first win that he got as Ross County manager where he was talking about, I'm turning the phone off and not telling the wife and we jump have jumping back in the bus and having a few beers and the way up the road, which is quite funny. He's quite an open guy that way. Yeah, he's been you know, personal troubles as well and all that. So it's always good to see people at like that bounce back, no matter who they support or anything like that type of thing, right? It's human beings. But yeah, the, the, he's certainly got a reaction out of that group of Ross County players that Stuart Kettlewell was unfortunately not getting. Uh, and that will hurt Stuart Catwell because he's a big Ross County man at, at heart, but they'll, they'll be drilled. I think William's absolutely right. They'll come out and they'll try and get something. They'll have watched the way that Motherwell set up at the weekend as well and try and get him behind us, you know, force our fullbacks or yeah. exploit the space in there and stuff like that. And it does seem to be the same goal, that we seem to concede time and time again. This ball across the box. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, but, and so teams are, teams are obviously, you know, Exploiting that, but yeah, they'll be fired up. He's he's he knows his stuff in terms of setting the teams up, they've already had you know much better performances and they're picking up points and stuff like that. So, I expect a tougher game than I would have maybe have thought previously. But that said, I brooks, particularly yeah. if you come and have a goal. I can think of no better game for Rangers to get a, a reaction from the mother Well one, and I would. I'd be willing to bet some money on the fact that they certainly don't start the game as badly as they did it for Park.
0: Indeed, Willie, do you think we'll see uh, in from the, the start on Saturday? Um,
2: I'd like to see him. To be honest, he's a player I'm really fond of. To be honest, he's he's a type of striker I love to see. He's, he gives absolutely everything. I think obviously, yeah, he has a bit raw and stuff, um, but I think that time and the more experience he gets playing in our league. And I mean, he's got great kind of competition there, so that's going to push him on. Develop them. um, but I I would probably give them the, the, the start to be honest because uh, I think they've got a couple of big defenders. Can kind I of mean they their names right enough? But I think they're quite aggressive, yeah, attacking in the air, and that's that's one of their um you know strong points as well. So make it a good battle that there. I
0: have to say the boy Iacoviti, who plays centre half for them, is quite a danger at um yep. at, at centre half. Um, so I'll go first on a prediction for the weekend. I think we'll win three nothing on Saturday. William.
2: Um, just that, that result they had against Aberdeen is kind of, you know, it's a, gave it's, you probably the fear. A f- it's probably a bit of a freak result, but uh, just talking about a wee minute, I noticed they had uh, Stephen Keller on the bench, and I wonder if that's maybe the exact same team he'll set up uh, against Yeah, absolutely, but, uh, good shout. That's probably the reason he's been of the team, but I think it might be an tight
0: game. Uh, I'll go 2-0. 2-0. Thomas?
1: Rangers and I will say that I don't think in terms of the starting lineup and I'm going around the houses just to make this pun again I don't think that uh, Cedric will be getting the start I make no apologies for that one to be honest with you. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. You never fail to disappoint Mr. McIntyre. <laughs> yes.
1: I'm a man of mediocrity, what
0: can I say? So we've been running with the um the, the starting eleven for Stephen Davis's first game for Rangers, February two thousand eight, Panther Icos. I'll run through who we have so far. My learned friends have come up with a goalkeeper, which was Alan McGregor, the two centre halves who were David Weir and Carlos Queller. We have got three of the four in midfield who were Stephen Davis, Lee McCulloch and Charlie Adam and Nat Genovo started up front in the zone. We have one more midfielder to get, a defensive midfielder and both fullbacks. So, I'm going to go to first Willie Boyd. Uh, I think you might have uh, thrown a wee curveball in here with the Charlie Adam shout. Would the
2: people okay. in the left? I think so. So, would Ferguson have been in the
0: middle? Where's your man. So,
1: make that man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Barry Ferguson played at so your midfield or your advanced four of the midfield with Barry Ferguson, Stephen Davis, Lee McCulloch, and Charlie Adam. Thomas, any one of the fullbacks or your defensive midfielder, please.
1: I'm gonna go for the defensive midfielder, This the, the the one that I was talking about. It's either an amazing shout. You'll get this. Or I'm wrong. Well, there's only. I was trying to think. Weirdly enough, it shows you that I'm not confident in it, which is why I'm filling the time here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm decide what I'm going to go for. There's two names in my mind.
0: You can only it. pick one, Thomas. I'm only giving you one guess.
1: Well, no, that's that, that's that's fine. There was two two names in my mind in terms of there was two defensive minded midfielders. I think particularly in that squad. Yep. And I'm going to go for one of them because I think it'd be if it turns out to be right, it's an amazing answer. I'm certainly was in this squad defy.
0: Oh, it's a great guess. As Roy
1: Walker would say, it's not Ride. Ah was he was he in the team at all? No. Was he oh, I mean was he even on the bench? I'm um, that
0: point. I'm not sure of because I'm only about the starting eleven. I've been a wee bit lazy in my research to be perfectly honest with you. I'm <laughs> only about the starting eleven. That's a shambles by the way. <laughs> that was a great shout, out, Tommy,
2: because I, I thought I had known who it might be.
1: I think it might be that one then if you're thinking of the because uh, there was only two it could be. So, Willie, you've got the.
0: You, so, you know who the defensive midfielder is, in, by the way, you're <laughs> Well,
1: no pressure, but I think
2: it's uh, him, Danny.
0: There's the man. Well played, that man. Good show. I am him, Danny. So, two fullbacks to pick from. Sorry, two fullbacks to get. I do apologise. Right back and left back. Um, do, 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 do. Thomas, go for it. Anyone will do it.
1: Certainly, I've got this one. And we probably should have made sure that he was number seven on the list. Big sasser.
0: Sasa Papach played the left back, you're absolutely right. What a legend. Sasa Papach, goodness oh, me. What a guy, oh. what a guy. Just nice
1: quiet as well. Just got on with his job. Absolutely.
0: Quite happy to be there. Willie, so there's one to get. Don't let us down. Who was the right back that night?
2: A bit of pressure. I think I might know who it is. I think he's played there a few times. He's no, well I think he was a bit of a right back sometimes, but Broadfoot?
0: Kirk Broadfoot is the answer. Well played. Yep, well done. Yep, yep. Got there in the end. So, to recap, you're starting 11 that night. Was Alan McGregor in goals? A back four of Kirk Broadfoot, Davey Weir, Carlos Quiller, and Sasa Papach. Brahim Hemdani holding. Stephen Davis right mid. Ferguson and McCulloch. Charlie Adam playing on the left side. And Nacho Novo up front on his own. Brilliant. Stephen Davis's first game for Rangers. February 2008. My... Isn't that incredible?
1: I do say as well, uh, and William, you feel free to jump in. But for, forget the listeners for a second. I am definitely of the opinion that this should be a recurring feature because I really enjoyed that.
0: 100. percent So, who wants to have a go next week? So, who wants to pick the quick? Do you just want? I'm quite happy to continue to pick it and completely take the pressure off me.
2: I'm easy, guys.
1: Uh, there you go. Nah, Host question. Uh, but-
0: Oh,
2: you should, yes. I'm, going to my, I'm going to embarrass myself and read out my, my team that I had written down, so I had McGregor, Rodfoot, Queller, Weir, Papa, Chimdani, then I had McCulloch, Thompson, Davis and Wilde I went me, but I was throwing
0: between yep. him and Naismith, yep.
2: and the strikers I went for, Darshville and Kuzan, as my two possible chances, I totally forgot about Novo. <laughs> All guys that
1: were there or thereabouts at the time though, to be fair, it's good guys. To be fair, I'm not going to sleep yet. I had Kuzan and Naismith down in there. If anybody wants uh, to laugh at me, right, I did have a total brain freeze moment, right? And at one point, I did score it out in my defence, right? But at one point, I wrote, is one of the centre-backs Julian Rodriguez? (laughs) (laughs) I've no idea why. I've zero idea why. You saw me? If you heard a noise, it was me going through the paper. On- clunk, 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 clunk. <laughs> for,
2: some re- for some reason, 2004 stuck it out for me for that guy, huh? Eh? Ah, Goodness
1: me. About then, eh? no. he, looked like he, he looked like he should be able to head a ball. Yep. And
0: he wasn't able to. He looked a sturdy big defender, didn't he? And he was absolute draws.
1: looked absolutely solid. Um, who was the, the other guy that came from France? Julian Farfan?
0: Jose José Pierre Fanfan.
1: Jose Pierre Fanfan, thank you. Uh, and he was pretty pretty substandard as well
0: so before we I let you guys go I, I should say all of our content as you'd expect is across at our website www.thiscybrox.co.uk all the previous interviews that we've done uh, and indeed all the previous pods we've also got some excellent blogs on there from our writers Ross Kelvington uh, and Richard Keir who will be giving us some new stuff as as the time goes on I should just to reiterate who the podcast has brought to you tonight it's our good friends at Triple H Mortgages the one-stop shop for your mortgage and mortgage insurance needs you can contact them at at your earliest convenience, 01453 87179. You can get them on the email hello at Triple Tommy, thank you for joining me tonight. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Well done.
1: Yeah, it was a very good podcast. Uh, i just got to say, William, I don't know if you're right, but just when Scott was doing that wee, that wee bit at the end there, the sponsor, can you imagine getting a voicemail off him? It's quite, it's quite sinister. Actually, you know, um, hi. I'm going to call on you. At your aliens convenience through your open window. It's, just, it's rather sinister. Put a letterbox. <laughs> I'm inside the wardrobe.
0: Goodness me! You should never slag without sounding like a previous host. You should never slag off the host, Willie. Um, thank you for joining us tonight. Always good to have you on for a second on on a row. I assume we're going to we're going to have your presence your company again next week. Yeah.
2: Uh, all being well in the house, where the the kids went down for for a sleep, I um I should should be here next week. And I'm just wondering what a prize is for getting that question out.
0: So uh, we'll need we'll need to try and think up something. We'll speak <laughs> to the editor. Adam should be able to fix it with a pen.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I could do with replacing this pink one. That I <laughs> You've <wore> it out, <laughs> writing down Andy
0: five <laughs> half a half dozen times. It's just it's buggered the pen.
1: I was convinced that Andy five was going to be the, the big sexy answer. I thought I was right, um, and actually just after what we talked, I checked. He was
0: on the bench. He was on the bench Aye. alongside Christian Daly. Christian oh, I Daly. I
1: you said
2: that
0: while you off camera, didn't you? Off camera, I said Christian Daly. Right? No one's That's seen it. Doesn't care <laughs> <laughs> So this has been This is You're more than welcome to check us out on YouTube. By all means, subscribe and, and leave us a, a very positive rating, if you don't mind. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Uh, good luck to Rangers on Saturday against Ross County. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. It's I
2: wanna stay alive